Molly Fisk, Observations from a Working Poet. Up in the Sierra foothills where I live, hearing a strong Boston accent whips my head around. I liked the world better when it wasn't homogenized by the language of television and now the internet. Different regional cadences were a beautiful music. I grew up in California, but visited cousins back east every summer. Our family didn't speak with the elongated syllables of New England, though sometimes my dad's flat A's gave a hint of his Buffalo origin and Canada looming in the background. I haven't studied this, but I'm sure there's a class element involved. My aunts and great aunts didn't come from money, but they did come from education. Grammar and elocution were their jam, and woe betide you if you screwed any of that up. People ask me, as a writer, to explain parts of speech to them, but I am clueless. I learned to speak English by ear at dinner tables in Moortown, Vermont, and all over Massachusetts, Ipswich, West Newton, South Orleans, Saxonville. We can look up what a past participle actually is together. As a kid, bored in San Francisco and missing my cousins, I didn't call them because it was too expensive. I dialed L.L. Bean's toll-free number and made up questions about their snow boots just to hear a beautiful accent. The woman whose voice got me going about this has moved to town recently following grandkids. News sources don't mention the demographic of grandparents sashaying around the country to be closer to family, but in my circle, it's a big deal. People I know are trying to escape climate risks. There's a small middle-class voluntary refugee movement, and some leave the country for a lower cost of living in retirement. But the biggest proportion of my age group is trailing around after their grandchildren. I always wonder what leaving familiar land does to our bodies, both long-term, like relocating, and short-term, like taking airplanes. I think jet lag is a response to moving so fast from place to place, as much as it is adjusting to the time change. This has no scientific basis that I know of, so please take it as poetic speculation, not physiology. But really, since we're animals, How weird is it to suddenly be facing a new mountain range, different air quality and aromas? How can the sun rising in the wrong place not affect us? The next time I go to Boston, if I ever do, I'll be driving or taking a train. I'm in Greta Thunberg's camp about not flying for climate reasons. Visions still dance through my head of Paris and Prague, Stockholm, the Amalfi Coast, and I'm sure there are ships one could take there, though they may be out of my price range. We'll see how strong my convictions are when world travel seems equally tantalizing and affordable. Since I have no grandchildren luring me, and since poets never retire, I'll probably be here at 2,500 feet above sea level for the duration. This is not a bad thing. In winter, the moon rises in front of the window over my sink, a great motivation to finish the dishes. So on clear nights, I don't miss the waxing and waning. Woodpeckers loop from oak to oak to telephone pole all day in their unlikely sine wave patterns of flight. Award-winning poet Molly Fisk writes, coaches, and teaches writing in California's Sierra Nevada foothills. 
You can reach her at mollyfisk.com. This program is produced at the studios of KVMR-FM, Nevada City, California. Funding is provided by Harmony Books of Downtown Nevada City and KVMR with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.